broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Back out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. Uh, Tiki Town, Maine is on the line. How you doing, Tiki Town? Tiki Town. Hey, Vinny. Um, man, I just like I got kicked in my gut. You know, I uh, same here. I thought we I thought we kind of knew Gruden. You know, I mean, he was high fiving us in the black hole and everything. But now with these emails, good riddance. We don't need that, Vinny. And anybody calling you soft, any you know that that they're soft. They're a big. This is. You know what it kind of reminds me of in a way, um, uh, uh, Tiki Tao is. I mean, everyone kind of has that uncle in the family, you know, that just says crazy things at Thanksgiving and is always just a big windbag and saying stupid stuff and, you know, saying offensive things and thinks that, you know, nothing of it and everything like that. And, you know, and sometimes like on holidays, you got to deal with that dude um, because it's the holidays, you know, and they're going to be there. But eventually, and I hate. To be honest with you, uh, there's like second cousins and things like that uh, of mine that, you know, I've just written off or friends that I former friends that I've just written off because, you know, what? Mm, nah, no, no, thanks, man. And, and, you know, I don't hate those people. Uh, I wish that they would their hearts would soften a little bit or they'd get more enlightenment and understand uh, what they're saying, um, even in a casual setting or whatever is just harmful and hurtful. And I don't want to be a part of it. And I would hope that they would understand that. But. I don't know, Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. there's that there's that dude in your crew sometimes, you know, that's always going over the line and thinks it's funny and da da da, and you kind of roll your eyes. But eventually, you're like, dude, I don't, wanna, I don't really even want to be around that anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, again, you don't want to put yourself and in, be involved with people who are ignorant and 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 people who you know abuse other people, whether it's emotionally, verbally, or you know whatever. But I I, I know, like, it's, I agree, it, it's a kick in the stomach. It, it's it's still hard to process and. It's what almost twenty four hours later when I when I got the news. So it's been a rough day, man. It really has. I I, yeah, and I was thinking about you all day today, and you know, uh, and and you knew, know him uh, yeah. on a level that none of us do. At least uh, I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, see, and, I don't. And, I, I still don't know what to make of this. Exactly. You see, exactly. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who was the real person. Was it the guy that? I've shared meals with before, you know, was it in, in, in training camp when, when we were in Napa, you know, going out to the, he saw us with the offensive line. Of, hell, we even shared a meal. It was most like London. We were in London. We shared a couple of meals together, just sat, you know, chopped it up. Right. You know, just, it's, it, it's crazy. I'm friends with his family, his sons, his wife, and I don't know what to make of this. I don't know this guy that's been depicted in these emails with this type of verbiage. I've never heard him use it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to play, you know, the, the psychologist or psychiatrist, but, you know, if, if I'm him and I'm taking a good long, long look at myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I do need a little help. Maybe I, maybe, maybe, maybe what I thought was cool and whatever, uh, obviously isn't, you know, and, and just because, you know, he didn't say it personally to somebody that almost makes, I, I wouldn't say it's worse, uh, but man, there's, it, 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 there's something, um, well, it is worse. It is, you know, there's something. It is, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. It is worse because if you don't say it to him directly in their face and you put it in something like this, then who knows how he feels about any of us. Yeah. And let me know, like, like, give me a sign. That's, exactly. that's how you roll. Cause I'm, exactly. I don't want to roll with yeah, somebody I mean, that I mean, That's like who that. you are. That's fine. I mean, you are who you are, but 
You know, there there were guys that I played with throughout my career that I wouldn't want to have dinner with. Yeah, definitely. But but, but I played with them. You know what I mean? It's like you know, yeah. we play on the same team. We're hoping to try to do, achieve the same thing. But it's not like we're going to hang out. We're going to be best buddies. And that happens in every line Absolutely. of work. Absolutely. Um, I'm sitting here looking at Demond. Of course, I'd have dinner with you, Demond. So no worries with oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're paying uh, though, right? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like like you you, you life circumstances sometimes forces you to have to associate or work with or make the best of situations uh, with people that you would, you don't want to spend one second more than you um, have to. Exactly. Um, and at least, Lincoln, those people uh, make no bones about who they are and and makes your decision easy. Like, it's yeah. it's easy to not want to yeah. uh, be hanging with you, but I, I just, the, the uh, go ahead, uh, Lincoln, I got a question specifically for you because I heard Kirk Morrison talking about this. Like, Basaccia, he's got to control his locker room because you don't want guys going out for themselves. I know you've never been in a situation in your career with an interim coach throughout the season, but do you think that some of these guys may start looking out for me rather than we since it's a lot of these guys are on one-year deals or they got their options coming up on their rookie deals that – Maybe so much just start playing for themselves. Maybe a safety's trying to get an interception here or there, or a defensive end going after sacks, or receivers start complaining now that they're not getting their yards. Is that like a fear for this team now? The the short answer is is yes. You're out for individual, and and you're still hoping because the the, the season is not lost that you can achieve success. And if I was if I was in that locker room, I would be the first one to saying, look, if this guy next to me is a successful, then we can't be successful. If we as an offensive line don't protect Derek Carr, we can't be successful. You know what I mean? So those individual goals tie into those team goals. But, uh, look, I've been on teams where there's been dead coach walking, as I, as I put it. Oh, yeah. You knew it was going to be over. Um, Bill Callahan was the most recent one. But even uh, Joe Bugle when he was there. And, and was Mike White, I think, was 96. Um, we knew that we, we all knew what the writing was on the wall, that they were going to get um, you know, that they were going to get axed. The only surprise that came along was the Gruden trade. We didn't no one really expected that. So I've been in locker rooms where the season can be can dismissed and seem a little bit dire. This is not a point where you're at right now. So, you know, Coach Masachi has a, an opportunity like every other coach that's been in the position before, no matter interim or they, they got the job, they're going to ask the team to buy in. Yeah. Buy into my philosophy, buy into what I'm saying, uh, just you know, follow me and let's, let's, let's right the ship. And they've got everything in place. It's not like they're going to change up the offense or anything like that. Um, I actually appreciate the fact that Basachi has got the opportunity because I think now there's been a trend set with Tomlin and Harbaugh that special teams coaches especially, uh, when, that, when that was their main purpose, have had a better way of organizing and running the team in general. So I, I like the hire. Yeah. Oh, I like the, the, the placement. I yeah, say. I do not believe that this is going to be a long-term right. uh, situation. But I think um, – For the time being. Yeah, for the time being, what's what, what really works about it, Lincoln, is that uh, – because I know I got hit up a lot yesterday. Well, it's obviously Gus Bradley going to be the head coach. I was like, no, not so fast. And here's why I didn't think that that would have been the right move, not to take anything away from Gus Bradley, who I think is a hell of a football coach. But I think right now – uh, if you're the Raiders, the objective and the goal is to minimize all disruption and distractions and let Gus Bradley 
effectively be the head coach of the defense. Let Greg Olson effectively be the head coach of the offense. Let Rod Marinelli uh, be the head coach of the offensive line, defense and Tom line. Cable the yeah. off- the head yeah. coach of the offensive line, or uh, you know Rod yeah, the I defense. Know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I say that because of this. All the Greg, or excuse me, not, aside from Greg, uh, you know Tom. Rod and um, and 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 uh, Gus have all had experiences as, as head coach, but the last thing, if I'm the Raiders, I would want right now is to is to is to have Gus take any focus away from the defense to be also be the head coach. Let right. him do yeah. what he's doing, and let uh, Rich kind of be the you know figurehead kind of thing. Yeah, uh, a little bit. You Just know, the main spokesman, if you will. Yeah, you know, and, and and that makes it makes perfect sense. It's to me, it's it's the right move. Um, but I, but I will say this, you know, when you, when you look at this team, it's, you look at this organization, so much has happened in such a short time. We thought we were going to be, you know, just excited about, I know it doesn't necessarily pertain to the the player side, but Mark Bredain stepping down was a big deal. You know, that, that was a big part for the business side and, and lost a little bit of his identity with that. Then you time it with, you know, which I thought was the right choice for Mark Davis to come out and say, hey, we're going to make the vaccines you know, mandatory to get in the stadium. Well, a lot of the Raider Nation said that they didn't want to come to games now. They turned their backs. Um, and it was a little disheartening like last week when you saw the number of Bear fans be able to chant, well, this is like a home game. They tried to take over because some Raider fans didn't want to come to the, come to the game. They started losing faith in, in the team. And I'm hoping this doesn't continue to be a trend. This is a team that can win. They just need to right the ship. There's, they've got holes, as we talked about, they need to fix. And I'm hoping that the staff can find a way to do it and, you know, and sort of pull this season together because there's still opportunity, and I still have hope. There's no question. They're 3-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't very long ago that they were 3-0. and oh. um, This is still a good football team. And even in their, with their, their worst moments these last two weeks, you know, they were at the 30-yard line, Lincoln, yeah. against the Chargers with a chance to tie that thing up in the fourth quarter and just, you know, kind of shot themselves in the foot there. There are multiple opportunities uh, on Sunday uh, to, to beat the Bears, a team that I just think are they're better than. So even as bad as it's been, it's not like they were getting blown out. It's right. not like there was no chance for them to win. Uh, they just need to kind of settle it down right here. And, you know, going back to that offensive line, you know, rewatching that game, there were some good moments for the offensive line. There were some good moments for uh, Alex Leatherwood, and I thought Brandon Parker actually kind of accounted for himself fairly well. There yeah. were some obviously bad moments uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, let's think about that for a second, Lincoln. Um, that was a short week to make a massive change like that. No doubt. And, and, and we still don't know the reason why. Was it an effective play on the Luminor's part? We, I yes. don't know. That's what, okay. That's what it's attributed to. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have that information. I had, I, but I was interested to see how it was going to work, you know, and, and, and in which sense, you know, what was Cable thinking? Now I've come to trust Coach Cable's opinion and his views because he knows this team a little bit more intricately than I do, especially the offensive line. So I, you know, there's a reason why they kept Brandon Parker around, even when he's been ineffective since his rookie year. You know, inconsistent, not ineffective. This is where I don't trust the word. Inconsistent. You right. know what I mean? So um, there's a reason why he was still on the roster. But, you know, there are a lot of people who want to who wanna come out and say, oh, the changes that you made with Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson is the reason why our offensive line can't perform. And, and we, we talked about it at nauseum. I mean, it was, it was a business decision. You just tried to make the best of a business decision. And, and sometimes you're going to be bitten in the ass. But, they, you know, this offensive line has got to find a way to play better and stop with the damn stupid penalties 
uh, across the board because they're killing it. You got to find a way to keep your hands inside. Don't get caught. Uh, and, and just, I mean, it's, it's the dumb things, it's dumb penalties that kill me, you know, false starts when you're, you can hear everything. And I mean, just stupid stuff. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, back out to the Raider nation listener line. George is on the line. How you doing, George? Thanks for, thanks for taking the call. I, it, again, like most of Raider nation, total gut punch. My heart goes out to the players. Cause if you work for somebody like that directly and you find all this stuff, it, it is a real kick in the gut. So I just, I hope I hope they're good. Uh, number one, question number one is, like, you guys know the team. I don't know anybody on the Raiders, but you guys are more close with the players in the locker room. Do we have leaders? Now, I'm not talking about people that are captains, but, like, do we have leadership among the players? Because let's face it, it's a player-driven league. The players rally around each other. So are there leaders in the locker room? And number two, I'm not starting anything, and don't get me wrong, but what is the status of Gruden's son, who's the strength and conditioning team? Uh, Deuce is still on the staff. Um, you know, you uh, and, and and rightfully so. You can't. Um, the, the son can't pay for the sins uh, of the father right now. That would have been, you know, uh, not right. You know, um, Lincoln. So uh, he stays on the staff uh, for for the time being. Um, you know, I'm sure. Uh, when a new coach comes into play um, next year, and I would assume that that's going to be the case, we'll see what happens uh, at that point. Usually head coaches bring in entirely their own staff. Yeah. Their own staff. So uh, there's a lot to unpack uh, as it relates to um, you know w- what's going on. But in terms, Lincoln, of, of the leadership, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, in, in talking to some, some folks, I think what this is going to become is just the rallying cry. You have to do it. And, and Lincoln, I'll bring up something that I'm sure you, you remember. I was covering the Clippers. I was a columnist with the Los Angeles Daily News. Uh, when the Clippers, a few years ago, were playing uh, the Golden State Warriors, they take a 2-1 lead on a Thursday night. All right, Friday comes. Uh, they practice. Everybody's feeling good about themselves. I go. Fire advisory only east of Gray's Meadows. No evacuations are ordered currently. Are you sitting down? Blah blah blah. We're gonna we're getting ready to run a story in about ten minutes. Donald Sterling, the Clippers owner, um, has been caught on audio. You know, talking to his girlfriend yeah. using right. You know, you know yeah. what happened. Yeah, right? yeah, I remember. Yeah. All right, so. The whole thing just blew up, all right? And the next day, practice over at uh, San Francisco University, talking to the players. They were pissed. They were livid. They were thinking about maybe boycotting uh, the game the rest of the season. This is right in the middle of the playoffs. Uh, but they collected themselves. I give Doc Rivers a lot of credit for the leadership that he showed, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, the, the, whole, the whole team, really. They ended up losing that Sunday. The series gets tied up 2-2. That, that controversy hung with them. The rest of that series, but Lincoln, they beat the Warriors that year in yeah. seven games. They were the last team in the Western Conference to beat the Warriors uh, before the Warriors went on their major run, um, and and so they were able somehow to some some way to kind of rally amongst each other amid a huge controversy with a racist owner. He hadn't been cleared out by that point yet. It took a while for that to have to happen, uh, but in spite of their ill feelings, the controversy, having to answer for their dumbass owner, basically, uh, they were able to find the wherewithal together uh, to win a series against a really good Warriors team. And so for the, for the Raiders, um, 
again, they're not canceling the season. So the best thing that they can do moving forward for themselves, for this team, uh, is just to, to, to rally around this and rally together and go play some good football. Coaches coach, players play. Yep. And now the players just want to play. They want to put all this extra external crap behind them and play. Um, because you're, you're right, it wasn't like Gruden made the comments last week. He made it before he was their coach. So to put it in perspective, as far as a caller was concerned about uh, leadership, I've always believed that leaders aren't born, they're made. Somebody who's risen to the role of leadership in an impressive way to me is a guy like Max Crosby. Um, you know that you know that David Carr, Derek Carr has, has been um, has been doing it since he's been with this team. He's been sort of the the image and the leadership of the offense. But you've got other guys who are starting to come into their own. I think that you know um, Colton Miller certainly comes to mind. But the, the the veterans that they brought in from other teams that I think are cementing their place with this team. Somebody like a Denzel Perriman, who's quietly having a damn good year. You know, it comes in, and I don't know the dynamic of this locker room internally or, or, or as much as I used to because for the, a, a vast majority of the years that I was working with the Raiders as a broadcaster, there wasn't an apparent leadership in that locker room. But I've seen the growth of a Hunter Renfro. I've seen the growth of a young player coming to his own, a Josh Jacobs, the respect factor that they're getting amongst the teammates, and I think that they are leaders. And I say that to say this. Every one of those guys I just talked about just wants to go out there and win. They just want to be successful. You had mentioned in the first hour, you know, for the next couple of days, they're going to have to be asked those hard questions regarding it. Did you ever think, however he comes out, however you want to ask him, did you ever think he was that type of person? How, but but in, in all in all, in the back of their minds, they're going to try to downplay it as much as possible. They're going to talk about moving forward. They're going to talk about getting ready for the Broncos because that's what's next on their list. And that's the way that leadership is supposed to be shown in a locker room. You don't harbor over the past because you have to have a, a short memory, especially when you're playing. But even dealing with stuff like this, you've got to have a short memory because you've got a next objective that's in front of you. Yep, absolutely. And um, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. And I think that, um, you know, this is a good team. That's what, I, you know, I think that offensive line, it just needs time right now. Um, you know, Lincoln Kennedy and Art Shell and Gene Upshaw are not walking through that door. Uh, to save the day, it's got to come from within. And when I say that those guys aren't coming through that door, there's nobody short of making a, a, a big trade, which could happen. Uh, but I just don't see a lot of teams that are saying, hey, you want to get our right, great right tackle or great right guard or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's putting those kind of players or making those kind of players available. If they are, I'm sure the Raiders would act if the price is right. Uh, but you can't be looking for the answers outside the building because I don't think that's where they're going to come from. I think, Lincoln, they're just going to have to rely on Tom Cable and the pieces that they have in place, and hopefully uh, for them it comes together soon enough for it to become somewhat of an asset. And right now, in the meantime, the strengths of this team, and we talked about it earlier, maybe Greg Olson and Derek open it up a little bit more and play backwards to what Gruden was doing with the pass first, run second, uh, in order to overcome some of those weaknesses and just let it fly that way. I've watched a lot of football 
over this past weekend and a lot of tape, and there are a lot of bad offensive lines out there. <laughs> so there's not a lot of you I mean they're they're good players. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of bad <laughs> offensive line play. That there there's not. I don't see it available that you're going to make a trade unless somebody's just trying to dump. Uh, what to this point in the season don't really happen. You know to to get under the cap or to dump a bunch of extra money into an overpriced uh, a veteran. So it, it, it's going to have to be found from within. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Raiders are one of the last things. John Gruden told us was that um, you know he's hopeful or they're hopeful that that Richie Incognito can come back after the break, uh, the the bye week I should say uh, that would be November seventh against the New York Giants. We'll see whatever they he can give them uh, at this point um, would be uh, important. By the way, before we get to the next call, real quick, do want to let you guys know that you can get your Demon Rum shipped directly to you at drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now for being a fan, you can get ten percent off. Your total order. Enter Demon Vinny Ten in the coupon code. That's Demon Vinny Ten at drinkdemonrum.com. We could all use some rum running about now. I could tell you that. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider T is on the line. How you doing, Raider T? Um, I live in uh, Richmond, California, and I've been a Raider fan for thirty-seven years. And what Gruden said, of course, in private emails made public, we can all agree was awful, and he had to resign. But what I want to know is what else is in those 650,000 emails and the fact that the NFL won't release them. Something's rotten in Denmark. Dan Snyder skates with a slap on the wrist. What's being swept under the rug, and how do we pressure the NFL to release them? Well, um, there's legal uh, aspects to all this. The reason why they haven't been released is because – and the the NFL didn't release the John Gruden um, emails. What what somebody did – I can't – officially point my finger at the NFL because I don't know. Um, You can draw your own conclusions. What somebody ultimately did was leaked. There's a difference between leaked and release. Release is, hey, I'm going to email you this uh, for the whole world to see. Leaked is when you call a reporter and say, I got something uh, you might want to take a look at, but it didn't come from me. All right, so the NFL technically, legally, has not released anything as far as the emails, John Gruden emails included. As far as all the other emails go, um, you have to understand that that was part of an investigation. When you investigate uh, the type of investigation that they did in the Washington football team, you hire lawyers to be the investigators. What do those lawyers do, and what does that create for you? Protection, because what they uncover in an internal investigation done by lawyers that you hire, what it creates is a lawyer-client confidentiality. Uh, There's protection that's involved, um, and nobody gets to see that information. It's just between the employee or the, uh, the the client and the lawyers uh, in this case the NFL and the lawyers that's the only people that are obligated to see what is in this investigation so if you're expecting the NFL to just willingly un, you know uh, unload all this information to, to me or Lincoln or anybody else it's not going to happen and so you can plead you can argue you can scream you can yell you can try to force them to the only way it's going to be able to get released is if a clever lawyer or somebody, a clever lawyer, uh, figures out a legal path to compel them legally to release it. That's the only way that that's going to happen because of uh, the confidentiality aspect of that. So there you go. Uh, But it was a good question, and I've been wanting to get to that, so I appreciate, uh, Raider T, you bringing it up. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the coaches, yeah, they 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 call the plays and everything, but at the end of the day, we are um, led by each other. 
no one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Madro is on the line. How you doing, friend? Um, I'm not even going to go into my personal feelings about everything in the last, like, 72 hours. But I do have a couple comments. Um, one thing, we have lost the game already because of this. Yes. If you get a chance to look at the tape again, it was kind of obvious. I didn't know really what it was, but Gruden wasn't Gruden on the sidelines. Nah, his yeah. facial expressions, his body language, he, he, he just wasn't right. And it affected the team, and I do believe that's why we lost the game. Because he knew already on Sunday, chances were pretty good he'd be out. Um, the biggest problem, I think, with this is all the winning teams, and this is through history pretty much in the NFL, the way they become winners and stay winners is they have continuity. Um, you know, we have a, there's always a, if you get a new coach, there's a three to five year rebuild or build out, whatever you want to call it. Look at Buffalo. Last year was their fourth year. They came of age, and this year they're killing it in the fifth year since their rebuild. We're in our fourth year of the, of a complete rebuild. And if we get a new coach that's not similar, you know, and doesn't appreciate the talent, and there is plenty of talent on this team, and if uh, the new coach is of a different mindset and decides to rebuild with his guys, here we go again. And personally, um, I'm too old to have to go through that again. But the big thing as far as this season goes, and this is just through my experience, I've been watching this game for 70 years, is uh, players play for players. They play for their brothers. This is combat. It's like being in the military in a war. And overall, they play for themselves. They rarely play for a coach. A coach sets up the game. A coach might inspire at times. But the players play for themselves. They play for, like I said, they play for their brothers. This is a brotherhood, and they go out there to win. So it's up to the players to keep that mindset because, you know what, in reality, as far as the football part goes, nothing has changed. These are the same players, same coaches, only the head coach is gone. Yeah, and what I could say, and uh, I I know that Lincoln has thoughts on this too because he's gone through it, um, but when you get to this level, uh, Lincoln, I, I think you'll back me up. Um, it's 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 a vocation. There's it's not like high school football where you're playing for your your buddies and stuff like that. And I know the point that Madro is making, and 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 there is an element of that that completely rings true. And I do agree with him that John uh, didn't look the like John uh, on the sideline in that game. And you got to figure that by that point, he probably saw what everyone else ended up seeing on Monday. So can you only imagine what was going through his mind? But Lincoln, when you get to this level, at least through my experience, um, it's 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 a it's a uh, picture it as a office. You know, you have the boss, you have the person that does this, you have the person that does that. Even on a team, um, the head coach is the head coach. He's not like he's not necessarily your boss. It's almost a coworker kind of a situation at this level. He has his function. The offensive coordinator does his thing. The strength and coordinator does that thing. The the uh, quarterback does his thing. Now, do people have to take not necessarily orders, but uh, there there is a chain of command, just like there is in any other job. But isn't it kind of more? You're not necessarily playing for you're, you're playing for everybody because everybody's involved in it. And I know I've worked in an organization where when the team that I worked for won a championship, everyone felt that they played a role in it, and everyone respected that, even the players. No matter what you did, they understood we're all in this thing that, together. Am I right or wrong? You, you would be wise to understand that 
this entertainment, form of entertainment that we're referring to, professional football, stopped being a game after high school. It became a business. It became a business in college. If you went to college, whether you went for a scholarship to get an education or you were hoping to play in the National Football League, it became a business. It became your right to passage if you, might, if you want to take it that way. When you're on this level, the professional level, you have to refer to it as a business. No hard feelings. You don't stand up to the expectations or we can find somebody who can do what you do cheaper. You're gone. Right. So there were things that in the locker room that you never got involved in. You never got in between a player and his money. If you wanted to hold out for a better contract, you never, you never talked about that. That was sort of those rules that you, you just didn't touch when you're in a locker room. Hey, wait, hey, Lincoln, how do you feel that Vinny's holding out and you need him to move on? Uh, you know what? I hope Vinny finds a way to pull it together. Wish him the best. You know. But you don't speak disparaging words. Oh, man, Vinny's being selfish. We need him. His ass needs to be here. You know, get over it. He's being paid. You know, we, don't, we don't say that. So I, I, it's sort of a long-winded answer to say this, and, and it goes back to the reference that I made earlier. Coaches coach, players play. And coaches are supposed to put the players in the, in the best possible position with their talents and their abilities to be successful. But it's still up to the players to go out there and execute. If one of those falls short, especially in a team game like football, chances are you're probably not going to be successful. If the offensive line doesn't protect, who cares how good Derek Carr is? He, he can be, you know, he, he, he can be Tom Brady. He can be anybody back there. He can't throw the ball if he's on his back. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. So if, if everybody's not doing their job, and it's not just the offensive line protecting, receivers got to get open. So, so here, here's a little tidbit of information for those who are paying attention. You know, from this point forward, the fact that they're taking on the Denver Broncos, which means three weeks in a row, the Chargers, the Bears, and the Broncos run a very similar def- defense. You know what's going to happen? The Broncos are going to press man coverage, the receivers, to bump them and disrupt their routes and disrupt the timing so Derek doesn't have a clean – hopefully he doesn't have a clean pocket. So the offensive line has to slow, hold up that much uh, longer. Absolutely. And the receivers have to get that much better at breaking man coverage and press coverage. Yep, uh, absolutely. And, you know, um, listen, this isn't the first the, – the, the, you know, the, the dynamics that led to this point are completely different than in other situations. Certainly. Uh, but there's, you know – there's still there, here. Yeah, there's history. <laughs> there's history. Right, exactly. There's history of – uh, mid-season coaching changes, and you know, usually though, and here's the, here's the uh, a big difference. Setting aside all the other dynamics and craziness and everything like that, um, usually when a coaching change happens, Lincoln, it's usually on a bad team. Certainly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, this is a good team. I'm, I'm, I I refuse to think otherwise. I know that this is a good football team with talent. It's not perfect, but it's a good team, and it's good enough, I think, to compete for uh, a playoff. Uh, I do birth, too. Even yep. with some of the issues that are going on in the offensive line. So as opposed to a hapless team that just says we're getting rid of this guy and looking forward to the future and trying to get our coaching search uh, started now, uh, this is just an abrupt change that came out of the blue uh, like a lightning bolt. And But nevertheless, you can't lose sight of a pretty good team right and uh the goals and objectives are still in front of the raiders if they handle their business uh correctly so uh we shall see we're gonna go back out to the raider nation listener line uh robert in portland is oh excuse me uh we're gonna go to mr troy ah miss that's right uh sorry about that skipped uh the line uh mr troy is on the line how you doing mr troy i'm good man how y'all doing doing very good all right hey Vinny. hey hey kennedy how y'all doing man wonderful man kennedy Hey, Kennedy, you just took my thunder, man. I got a 16-year-old son, and he asked me the same question, John Grew in the races. I was like, hey, I ain't had no answer for him. <laughs> and, 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 it's uh, not it, funny, it, but it I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, it, and it bothered me, man, because I'm 
55 year old. I've been a Raider fan. I'm from New Jersey originally, but I'm a, I live in Atlanta now. I've been a Raider fan forever. And I pulled him, man. He's my youngest son. I have five kids, but he's my uh, youngest, and he's a Raider fan. And I had no answer for him. So as soon as you talked about your son, I was like, man, me and Kenny be in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. And um, and um, I, I feel I feel kind of bad, man. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a tough one here. I don't because my image of a racist is somebody with a clan suit wrapped up in a Confederate flag saying the N word all day. That's yeah. my image of a, a racist. But now we got this. I'm like, oh, this is a tough one, man. So. I had no answer neither, man. I had to put my head down just like you did, man. So I was like, "Ugh, it's tough, man." So and uh and uh and uh Lincoln, I met you in in DC during the debacle of 2017. Yeah. And we and we were uh, hey, we was like we was at the uh the the uh the, the, the bar on the river, the, yeah, the bar yeah. on the river. Yeah. And um, we was like, "Let's go meet Link. Let's go." We, I was only three boots down from you, <laughs> and. We was like, hey, let's go meet Link. And you stood up and we changed our mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you, I, I am approachable, brother. I'm not, and I don't yeah, want to sit scary off, so it's all good. I know you are, but when you stood up, we were like, all right, never, never mind. And to Vinny, man, and I'm from New Jersey, and it's a saying that we always say, once a tiny your friend, you got a friend for life. Uh, I love your podcast, man. You're the best, man. I appreciate that, man, and that is the truth. And. Uh, that, 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 that hits me in the heart. I, I truly ab- uh, appreciate that. Uh, thanks for calling. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, give us a call back. Uh, all love back to you as well. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and by Hodor Raider Nation, Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. The Raider Nation listener line, Raider T, wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider T? Oh, man, you know, <laughs> been a tough few days, tough few days. But, you know, hopefully I can say this a little, make get a little clarity for a little bit of pushback and without crossing any lines at all. But, you know, Gruden personally, yeah, I don't know him personally, but he's not a racist. He's not all these other things everybody calls him. Did he screw up? Yes. Does he need to go? Yes. It's just because of the, the times and the, the, the how high profile he is. But, you know, not everybody agrees with, you know, the anthem stuff and the female referee, you know, and they just don't. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of the population that doesn't. And if you think that, you know, friends and guys don't pass topless uh, pictures back and forth, I mean, this is not like... <laughs> He killed somebody. But it's against the law. Well, that's a, yeah, that's number, a problem with the topless photos. Number, that's against the law. They were employed. They were like, do you send topless photos of coworkers? No, you know that's that's probably I, you know I didn't know. Yeah, coworkers. they were the cheerleaders for the for the they were they, they were the cheerleaders for the football team. Yeah, but they might have. They probably posted in the social. No, media. no, we're not. No. Gonna, you're not going to assume. No, that's not what happened. That's 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 not what happened at all. So. You gotta, you gotta be careful. And look, you know, you just, you're a 48. You're, what was he? 48 years old. You're a 48 year old man. All right, um, grow up a little bit. <laughs> you know, like, the, do people do that? Yeah, but I mean, you know, come on, be better than that. Uh, you well, know, Vinny, I was, I'll say we had this conversation before we came on air. We were talking about maybe some people in media. Oh, you shouldn't tweet things, but when people come back, someone like myself, young, is like, oh, when I was 19, which still like. In that profile, and that's just someone even on my level. I need to watch what I say or watch exactly. what I tweet because it's, you know, it's and, where, and where the I other am. thing. The other thing um, uh, is this: um, 
Oh, I just lost my train of thought, but um, you, you just you, 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 he's not getting arrested also. It's not like his freedom is being taken away from him. He's got more money um, than anybody. He's going to be fine in that regard. So, you know, this whole thing about cancel culture and everything like that, nobody's canceling you by putting you in jail uh, for saying things um, or or saying insensitive things or writing insensitive things uh, or when you do wrong, you know. uh, So so let's stop with that. Um, Yes, he has a freedom to say things, but your employer doesn't have – the obligation to hold on to you if you say things that they deem offensive. That's just the way life works, Lincoln. Yeah, you know, what's? it's not a ha-ha moment, but it's a little bit interesting that um, I think it was Paul Gutierrez from ESPN that told me that he had once talked to Gruden and, and uh, about the, the female referees, and he's like, you know, I really don't like it when Sarah Thomas is on the sideline because I have to watch what I say. And I got to watch – and you, we know how fired up Gruden's been in the past. So, right. you know, and, and, and it was interesting that, you know, the reference – to the female referees uh, when he was with ESPN and, and, and saw the the um, and the email. It doesn't make it excusable. It's inexcusable, but I'm just saying it was it was interesting to to me to see those things like that and I, and, yeah. and hear a little slide of his feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would I would I would say I don't want to speak for all uh, officials or anything like that. Um, you know, I, just I I remember an incident where. Um, well, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, I would think that most of them were like, as long as you don't, you know, just like anybody else, if, as long as you don't cross a line, right? Um, then then say what you would say to any other yeah. referee. Yeah. You know, treat me just the way you would. That's yeah. what they want. Right. Now, uh, you know, um, just check yourself to make sure that. Well, look, well, the whole persona of Chucky was that fired up. I'm going to say what I want to say. I mean, how many times did they have a camera isolated on him? waiting for him to use explicitives you can read the lips you know what i mean it's not <laughs> we're not we're not ignorant let's here put it this fact. way uh you remember when kobe uh said something to a referee right absolutely okay yep. um it, we'll just say the f word all right right and not the yeah i know what you're talking about you know yep. Uh, yep. i'm just trying to reference it for yeah. for other callers a homophobic statement okay and um so you know uh i think a lot of you know it, it, it was it, he wasn't he, he wasn't saying it in a way that you, you just can't say that. That crossed right. a line. There's no rationalizing it. There's no uh, – he. you know, I know that – and I know Kobe apologized for it. And I think he, he might have gotten suspended or something along those lines, but he, he made amends on it, okay, and learned and figured out, like, that's not something that you say to anybody, right. and especially in a line of – under any circumstances, um, or, but, but, but especially in a, in a line of work. And, um, and so – if you're talking about dealing with female referees, it's the same, should be the same dealing with male yeah. referees. There's certain yeah. things that you don't say. You want to argue the call? Great. You want to cuss up and down a storm, um, you know, but not like literally say it to them, uh, direct it at them. Um, howl into the wind as much as you want. I mean, right. that's, but, but just don't say anything offensive to that person in and, particular. And, and that's the, and the, you know, here we're talking about emails that were shared between friends because Bruce Allen worked at the Raiders when John Gruden was hired. He went to Tampa Bay with him, uh, and then he eventually worked for his brother at, at, in, um, in Washington. And these emails were exchanged on the, the Washington football team's you know, website, or not website, you know what I mean, uh, yeah, their, their uh, email space or exactly. whatever. And, and they were conversations. When you look at the emails, you know, talking about Caitlyn Jenner, you know, using homophobia and transphobia uh, 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 
terminology, you know, talking about the female referees, talking about the language against Roger Goodell, the health of the league. You could tell that it was chit-chat back and forth. Now, it's foolish because you use a team's, NFL, uh, team's website or a team's page right. uh, to, to do it. So you're stupid because you're, um, you're leaving a record of a it. A paper trail. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a paper trail. But you can, you can understand that it was, uh, according to the way it looked, like two friends just communicating back and forth. doesn't excuse it. No. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying it's foolish on their part. But now it's come back to bite him in his ass because we know we do know this about Gruden. He was passionate about football. He was passionate about the Raiders, and he wanted to make the Raiders a winner. Yeah, I, I know that. Oh, no matter what we know, we we know that. You see what I'm saying? So, and and now he's lost the opportunity to do that. Everything he's loved in a professional standpoint, you know, not uh, short of family and everything like that. But the, but his 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 two biggest loves, football and the Raiders, just taken away from him. He's not going to be able to work in any real capacity uh, in, in in football. Maybe in a few years after you know he makes some amends and. You know, proves that you know he's 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 good, and maybe he'll go back. I know he loves high school football. Um, maybe he'll co- co- go coach at a different level. He's got all yeah. the money he needs for the rest yeah. of his life. Right. Um, you know, maybe there's some way that he can kind of you know uh, uh, play it forward, play it back uh, for football, and maybe go back to the grassroots of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I you know for 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 his for him, um, you know, my hope for him is because I know he's not a bad person. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just at so least hard. I hope. I know. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to rectify all of that, but um, it's hard to make sense of what we read yes. that he said. And, I mean, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not condoning it because there's, right. I have relatives that I just despise because yeah. of that, right? Exactly. Because of what they say and how they, you know, and all their, their BS and bluster and all that. And they never grew up. They never understood why it was not right. Yeah. I, my, I, and it didn't make them horrible people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they weren't, committing any crimes they weren't doing anything to physically hurt somebody uh but but it's and 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 they never they probably did never had the guts to really say it to anybody to their face it was yeah. just all behind their back right which made it cowardly yeah. uh, on top of the stupidity that it was but um i guess what i'm saying is they never they never came to that conclusion of why am i like this this is just dumb and ignorant and childish i just hope for his sake that he understands um, the wrong that he did, um, and not because it came out. Uh, I, I want. I yeah. hope that he reflects on. I just shouldn't have done that. That's not right. thoughts that I should be having in my head, let alone let alone writing down. And maybe he can get to a point where he he no longer thinks or acts that way in private or in any other uh, setting. So yeah. you know, uh, because you know, we all do deserve, uh, you know, whether it's redemption or a second chance or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, I, I I just hope that for him because I I, I don't want you, you just soften your heart a little bit and understand. Uh, one more call. Do we have time for one more call? Uh, we're gonna go to uh, Robert in Portland. Robert in Portland. Uh, how you do? We got a little out of order there, but uh, Robert in Portland, That's how you okay. doing, brother? Hey, Vinny. Uh, yesterday, you really nailed it on the offensive line issues. I, you actually really went on a rant, which I thought was really o- overdue. And, but, Lincoln, you said the key to the game were the Bears because they were a mauling-type uh, front, four, four and seven. Um, how do they solve it again going up against Denver, which is similar because, you know, Cable knew what was coming with the Bears, and he knew that you got to have a front, you know, that's very, very strong. And he, put, he moved, I think, Leatherwood over for a reason. He didn't want that uh, cup to collapse. Um, 
what is what do they do now? Play Richard more, and 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 because he's had big games against Denver. You know it. You've watched a lot of them. Well, the the the, the answer to your question is you just have to keep on doing. It's like. It's almost like practice where you just have to try to keep perfecting doing it till you get it right. They're playing the same style of defense. The only thing that's changed is, is the names. And so you still have to attack them the same way. It's better to attack this defense straight on with uh, run downhill runs rather than stretch runs. And they've, they've tried that a couple times, have, have had some success with it. Um, so you keep on doing it. But it's, it's more of now you're working leather with that guard because of ineffective play by Illuminor or any other guard that's been in that place, and you work in Brandon Parker at tackle. And um, what I did appreciate last week, for the most part, against the Bears, is that they were more proactive. They didn't wait for Derek to get hit by going empty. They gave the, the they gave the tackles and the outside help. They chipped, and they had some success with you know guys getting lost in coverage and stuff like that and uh, wide open. But it wasn't enough. They need to capitalize more on that. The ultimate premium thing is protecting Derek. And understanding this, that when you keep two people in, you have two less people going out. That means the receivers who are going out have to win and have to be on the same page. Last week, they weren't. Absolutely, uh, absolutely and well said. Uh, Lincoln, um, you know I always appreciate uh, everything that you uh, bring to the table. Uh, now, in particular, today in particular, uh, really appreciated uh, your insight and enlightenment. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, thank you, my brother. Yeah, you got it, brother. Uh, truly appreciate it. Um, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle of Indian Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, it's brought to you by Tequila Embajador. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Thanks for all the callers. Truly appreciated the input. We'll be back at it tomorrow. See you guys then.